0: You're listening to Sports Grid, the home of the wedding edge, carrying on the fine tradition of sports gaming from all the way back to ancient Rome. But they never had a mobile app. So count your blessings, Sporto. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. A new month and a new week right here on the morning after on sports Grid, Sirius XM channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Over these next three hours, bringing you up until noon Eastern time, we look back on the weekend that was in the sports calendar. Still so many great sports in the final weekend of October as we look ahead now to November. A new month to hopefully do the same thing we always try to do here on TMA make you a little bit smarter of a sports fan a better sports better and have a profitable week at that NFL week number eight one final game tonight on a Monday night in Kansas City Missouri at Arrowhead Stadium but plenty of great action from Sunday to get you caught up on as well college football week number nine a huge weekend across the conference slate now we look forward to the first CFP rankings of the year coming out tomorrow night. Joe Lisi joins me in our second hour to look at everything college football. In our third hour, Dr. Chow. Dr. David Shaw, the pro football doc himself, looking back on some significant injuries from yesterday and what the landscape looks like now in the month of November and a full-blown preview of Monday night football between the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Giants. But in this first hour, the morning after on the first day of November becomes the early after. Because joining me right now is Donnie Wrightside, Donnie Seymour, one of the hosts of the early line each and every weekday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, right before us here on the morning after all across the grid donnie great to have you on the show once again on this monday how was your final weekend of october
1: very good the philadelphia eagles picked up a victory team totals for the eagles going way over the number an excited weekend happy to be here as always here on a monday let's get it going here ben
0: Donnie, a lot of people were maybe picking the trendy underdog, the Detroit Lions, who were catching three and a half at home, maybe even to win outright on the money line to pick up their first win. It was a disgraceful effort. What the Detroit Lions put out in the Philadelphia Eagles, getting a huge win, 44-6. to That in the early slate yesterday on a Halloween Sunday, and to cap things off in Minnesota last night, the Vikings and the Cowboys. It was no Dak Prescott for Dallas he worked out pregame looked pretty good but Dallas being cautious with Dak because of how substantial of a lead they have in the NFC East and it didn't even matter because Cooper Rush stepped in and Cooper Rush made some plays including finding a feller Cooper Amari Cooper in the end zone for the game winning touchdown there late in the fourth quarter Dallas goes on the road and beats the Minnesota Vikings 20-16, to they flip to a three-point underdog entering the game. Donnie, they cover. They win outright as a money-line underdog. And the total stays way under against the Minnesota Vikings. Donnie, here's how I look at this. What a great win for the Dallas Cowboys, who now have a a three-and-a-half game lead in the NFC East. They have the best odds to win any division in all of football in the FanDuel Sportsbook at minus 1,900. They just padded their deficit, or they padded their advantage, with Cooper Rush on the other side, Minnesota. What is up with the Vikings? They can't win as a home favorite against a backup quarterback and blowing a huge opportunity. So, Donnie, as you look at Sunday Night Football, what side do you lean on? The positives for the Dallas Cowboys or the negatives for the Minnesota Vikings?
1: I'm going to lean on the positives for the Dallas Cowboys because you saw yesterday a lot of backup quarterbacks coming in in big moments and winning big football games, and that's no different here for the Dallas Cowboys. Now sitting at 6-1 and one on the season, Cooper Rush was fantastic yesterday. If you're going to get a backup quarterback on the road in a tough environment for a team that absolutely needed to win, being the Minnesota Vikings, who were 3-3, three and, three and now sit at 3-4, and four, that's a great performance to get 325 and two touchdowns out of them. Now, when you take a look overall at the Dallas Cowboys, the sign of a good football team here for us overall is, hey – Look at what they did. They weren't supposed to win this game without Dak, and they did. Maybe they're a better team than we all thought before the season started, Ben.
0: And we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here the first day of the first week here in November. It is Ben Stevens and Donnie Wrightside on the morning after you are listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. Donnie and I recapping Sunday Night Football. And I agree, Dallas, even with Cooper Rush proving what they have near the top of the NFC. So now, Donnie, Dallas tied for the third shortest odds to win the NFC Conference Championship at plus 490. Like I mentioned, minus 1,900 to win the NFC East, the best odds of any team in any division in the NFL across the entire FanDuel Sportsbook. And, Donnie, Dallas has been very, very profitable this year. The lone remaining unbeaten team against the number, a perfect 7-0 ATS are the Dallas Cowboys. And we mentioned minus 1,900 for Dallas, Donnie, to win the NFC East, to win the NFC North. Now, the Green Bay Packers are minus 1,700 because of Minnesota falling last night as a three-point home favorite. Kirk Cousins in prime time. It's an area maybe to avoid. Cooper Rush last night, 24 of 40, 325 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. His fellow Cooper, Amari Cooper, eight grabs, 122 yards in a game-winning touchdown grab as well so Donnie that's how the NFC looks right now plus 490 are the Dallas Cowboys tied for the third shortest odds to win that conference we will look through some of the rest of the NFC on the other side of the break the Eagles, though, Donnie, a big win, like you mentioned, 44-6. to Yesterday, the Washington football team falling on the road in Denver. One of us here, Donnie, and it wasn't you, said the Washington football team had a good shot of going on the road in Denver, not only covering a three-point spread, but maybe also winning outright. So we will recap the rest of the NFL Sunday slate on the other side of the break here on the morning after. On your Monday morning, the first Monday morning, the first day in the month of November, week eight, of the nfl season only one final game on this monday night at arrowhead stadium and then we're almost at the midway point of this nfl regular season stay with us here on the grid sirius xm channel 204 more of the morning after coming
2: up next
0: Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204 on this first day of a new month here now in November. I'm Ben Stevens alongside Donnie Wrightside for the first hour of the morning after on this Monday. The morning after transforms into the early after. Anytime we have one of the co hosts. Of the early line, each and every weekday morning on the grid, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. So, Donnie and I recapping some of the action from yesterday's NFL Sunday slate, looking with an NFC outlook right now. And at the top of the NFC, Donnie, still the favorites to win the NFC Conference Championship, the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa went on the road to New Orleans yesterday as a four, four and a half point favorite. And it was the Saints that went marching. New Orleans pulls off the upset at home, winning outright 36-27, to knocking off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A huge game that has some ramifications in the NFC South. And Donnie, the Saints, although very glad to get the win yesterday over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a little bit of bad news as well. Jameis Winston leaving that game early on in the first half with what the Saints are calling a significant knee injury. There was some reports Some speculation, Jameis might be out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. So, a bittersweet victory yesterday in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, bittersweet. A little bit different than what we were just talking about with the Dallas Cowboys, right? He said, okay, Dak could play this weekend, but we don't want to risk injury. We'll keep him out. They pick up the victory with their backup quarterback. But what happens is what I told you, coming into this game in the Dome, a huge game for the Saints to try to get back into the, you know, conference. Should I say the division fight here in the NFC South? They needed to win. Winston goes down, so you lost him for the year. Trevor Simeon comes in 16 of 29 for 159, made some big throws, including a touchdown pass to get the victory. And again, you can't really celebrate it, right, Ben? You say, well, what's the future going to be? Now, the trade deadline is coming up. It'll be interesting to see if the Saints do make a move. But then again, Sean Payton has told us from preseason on, Look, this was a tough battle between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill to be the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Now, Hill's been out the past couple weeks with a concussion. We'll see if he comes back, but they trust him. They think they can be the starter. But will that be enough to try to overtake the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you know win the NFC South, make it into the playoffs with a deep run? I don't think so here. But more importantly, let's take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what is going on, Ben, here on the road hmm. with the Buccaneers seemingly not being able to put it together. As you take a look, 6-2 and two in the season, but 2-2 two and two on the road. They were the favorites yesterday, and if you would have told me, and I'm glad I didn't do this, during this game where it's close, Trevor Simeon is going to be the starter for the rest of the way up against Tom Brady, I would have leveled the boom on the Buccaneers to win this game by a wide margin, and they didn't. Tough times for the Buccaneers, but at the same time, if you're the Saints, you lose Jameis Winston, it feels great to get the victory, but boy, now your season looks like it might be in a little bit of turmoil here heading down the back stretch now.
0: There certainly could have been some live opportunities yesterday on Tampa, or at least perceived yeah. live opportunities, but they would not have cashed as the New Orleans Saints win this game by 9, 36 to 27. You mentioned Tampa struggles on the road, Donnie. Just three and five against the spread this year are the Buccaneers. All three of those wins against the number coming at home as double digit favorites. Otherwise, it's been a struggle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the number this season. Tampa's still the favorites to win the NFC South at minus 380. New Orleans odds getting better, plus 340. We will have to see the updated make playoff odds. The Saints were in minus money to make the NFC postseason, entering this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Trevor Simeon yesterday, 16 of 29, 159 yards in a TD in place of Jameis Winston. Tom Brady still 40 passing attempts yesterday, 375 yards, four passing scores. Two costly interceptions. Tom Brady is averaging nearly 43 pass attempts per game this year, Donnie. It's because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are throwing the ball 66.9% of their plays, the highest Passing play percentage in the NFL. Things to keep an eye on in the prop market. But quickly shifting gears now from the NFC, Donnie, a small bit of breaking news. And I say small bit, maybe a big bit of breaking news here from Adam Schefter on this Monday morning. Schefter reporting right now that Derrick Henry potentially suffered a season ending foot injury in yesterday's win for the Tennessee Titans against the Indianapolis Colts on the road the Titans winning in overtime 34 to 31 a significant win for the Titans Donnie that really vaulted them into prime position in the AFC South minus 5,000 are the Titans right now to win that division but if they lose King Henry the two-time NFL rushing leader who is still the NFL's rushing leader that could be a huge blow for Tennessee moving forward.
1: What a massive break here! No pun intended here. It looks like it is a foot injury, probably one of those Liz Frank injuries, which is so tough to come back from, and for a running back with his usage rate so mm-hmm. high, you would wonder if he would actually break down at this point. You even saw it yesterday, him walking on the side, it looked like he couldn't tell if it was a foot or an ankle injury, but gutted it out. Tough performance, still carried the ball yesterday, Ben. 28 times in that game. But if you lose Derrick Henry again, what is? You know, we just talked about the Saints here, right? Celebration in the locker room, massive victory here. Oh no, james is probably down for the year. The same thing with the. Titans, hey, we just finally put away the Colts. We're going to cruise to the division championship and make a deep run in the playoffs this year. And it looks like that's going to come to a crashing halt. Are the Titans still a good football team without Derrick Henry? Yes, they still have components: good offensive line, good quarterback, some big-time weapons at wide receiver. If they can stay healthy, but you always could lean on the backfield here with Derrick Henry. Play-action pass, everything open—it opens up. Usually, a running back of that size, hey, he gets three to four yards. No, we've seen multiple times Derrick Henry take it mm. to the house—a devastating injury. So on a day you should be celebrating. 24 hours later, devastating news here. We'll see what it means for the rest of the season if he is out for the remainder of the, of the year. But then again, if you're looking, if he is out, Ben, maybe a comeback on the Colts as an ultimate long shot here, figuring that the Tennessee Titans yeah. may flounder as the Colts' schedule gets easier.
0: Tennessee had won four straight games, covered in four straight games, one of the best ATS records in the entire league at 6-2 and two in three huge wins back-to-back-to-back to back to back against Buffalo on Monday night, against Kansas City as well, and then to knock off a divisional foe in the Indianapolis Colts, who had won three of four, entering yesterday, On the road as underdogs, the Tennessee Titans now with a huge blow, potentially losing Derrick Henry for the rest of this year. We will keep you updated with any more updates. Adam Schefter reports on this Monday morning. The Tennessee Titans with another huge game on Sunday night, Sunday night football this upcoming week and weekend number nine against the LA Rams out in Los Angeles. And the Rams, Donnie, continue to roll as well. They blow out the Houston Texans yesterday, 38 to 22 on the road in Houston, but. The Texans did score 22 unanswered points all in the fourth quarter. Depending on where you got this number, you might have covered or not, depending on what side you had yesterday. Because the Houston Texans closed as a 16-and-a-half-point underdog. It opened in favor of the Rams at 15. It got down to 14-and-a-half for most of the week. And then some late steam heading into Sunday with the Texans potentially backdoor covering a number of 16-and-a-half. But, Donnie, overall, the Rams... 7-1 7-1 this year. They look like a very formidable side in that NFC. The second-shortest odds now behind Tampa Bay at plus 400 to claim the NFC Conference crown.
1: Yeah, Sean McVay finally got his toy here with Matthew Stafford yesterday. 21 of 32 for 305. Three touchdowns, no picks. past a rating of 127. But the question is, like, we're gamblers out here. We're handicappers. You can't. Yeah. Like, 38 to nothing, Ben. Verse 18 that was struggling just to get plus yardage, right? Hey, pick up a first down, celebrate out here for the Texans. The fact that they scored 22 unanswered and it was 22 in the fourth quarter. I got to tell you, Davis Mills must have heard me talking yesterday with me saying, there's no way if the Rams are up around 20 points that Davis Mills can take. Yeah, he heard me loud and clear, 22 points. Good showing by him, but again. This game was not a 16-point margin even though it ended up that way. The Rams blew them out, took their foot off the gas. Credit for the Houston Texans. If you back them, were able to come back to hit their team total and also possibly get a cover depending on what that final line was that you got it out. But the bigger story here is the Rams. They are a machine on offense. Running the football, protecting the passer, throwing the football and Cooper Cup, unguardable. Seven oh. catches for 115 and another score here. This team is really good. So when we take a look at the NFC Championship odds here, I don't agree. Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 290. The Rams at a plus four hundred. The only reason it sits there now is Tampa Bay's probably got an easier path to win their division. So it might give them a higher seed than the Rams to have to battle with a couple pretty good football teams out there in the NFC West. But a great football team, the Rams, seven and one, deservedly so.
0: Yeah, the Rams still in second, at least according to the odds right now in the NFC yeah. West as well, Donnie. Plus 115 to win that division on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We flip gears once again, going to some baseball, October baseball, a World Series recap on the other side of the bridge. Welcome back to the morning after on this Monday morning right here on the grid Sirius XM channel 204 all across the sports grid network alongside Donnie Wrightside for this first hour of TMA on your Monday the first day in a new month of November I am Ben Stevens so we head to November but it's still October baseball that's the feeling we have as the World Series continues on the Houston Astros surviving and advancing for at least one more game winning last night on the road in Atlanta in game number five by a final score of nine to five. So from Atlanta to Houston, we go ahead of tomorrow night's game number six. So, Donnie, the Astros avoiding defeat, avoiding an end to their season, winning last night nine to five. And they rallied not once, but twice because it was the Braves that seemed like they threw the knockout punch in the bottom of the first with an Adam Duvall grand salami. But Houston rallies twice to come back and win this game nine to five, extending this series for at least one more night. Yeah, can you imagine
1: being an Atlanta Braves fan last night? It's Sunday night. You're in your home building. You know that in a few hours you could be celebrating with your family, your friends, and everybody in the Atlanta area being World Series champions. Finally, and it's been since 1995, and there haven't been a lot of championships coming through that Atlanta area. You get a grand slam home run, Ben, in the bottom of the first inning. The coronation is there. Pop the champagne bottles. Let's party for the rest of the night. And you can only live with that for the next two innings as the game was tied. But yet, Freddie Freeman with a solo blast to save the day. Yes, we are going to be World Series champions. So you're telling me, Ben, I was up four runs being the Atlanta Braves in the bottom of the first Mm -hmm. inning, and I lost this game by four runs? And oh, yeah, now we're headed back to Houston. So the old 28-3 Super Bowl is going to keep coming up saying, we had a championship. We were winning the Super Bowl, and somehow we lost it. My goodness here, if the Atlanta Braves with a 3-1 to lead in the World Series and a 4 to nothing lead in at home in the, the last game, and you can't close it out, devastation here. Now you start to creep up and say, I don't know if we can do this here. Look, Atlanta's still the favorite in the series. They still should win yeah. the series, but you should have closed that out last night, Ben. That is a devastating loss for the Braves. We'll see if it leaks over to Game 6 tomorrow night in Houston.
0: And the bats getting hot for the Houston Astros nine runs last night combined 14 between the two sides going way over the total Carlos Correa and Yuli Gurliel both going three of five last night at the dish Correa with two ribbies as well. So Houston prolongs this series heading back home to H town and for game number six Donnie. We have those odds now out on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the Astros that are favored. At home tomorrow night in game number six. Going with Luis Garcia on the hill. The Astros minus 120 as the money line favorites. The Braves, the money line underdogs at plus 102 with Max Fried, the big lefty, starting for Atlanta. You alluded, Donnie, to that series price. Atlanta's still the favorites. Past $2, almost nearly two and a half bucks as the favorites in this series at minus 240. The Houston Astros at plus 200 but a huge momentum shift last night. So as you look at these series price right now, Donnie, what do you make of where these teams stand and their odds in this marketplace?
1: It still makes sense. Even though, you know, sometimes, man, we look at the last game we saw, right? Oh my goodness, the Astros, nine to five victors. Now they're heading home. They should win the World Series. Not so fast here. You saw the first two games of the series in Houston was a split. The last three games played in Atlanta. Atlanta won two of those three games. So the chances for Atlanta to win one more game here, either in game six or game seven, are pretty high. And also keep in mind, when you're looking from a pitching perspective here, Max Fried got lumped up the last two times he started. So maybe he's going to have a little bit of a deficiency in this game, trying to be worried about, hey, you know, I didn't pitch so well last game. Maybe I really need to be on my P's and Q's tonight, and it doesn't work out. But at the same time, you're getting Garcia on the mound for the Astros. This isn't Garrett Cole. This isn't an old Zach Greinke. This isn't Justin Verlander. Th- these aren't pitchers that you fear here. So if you were going back into a small hitter's ballpark, Atlanta still should be able to do some damage, even though we saw, as I said last night, an easy victory, as it turned out, for the Houston Astros. really wasn't so easy. They're still down in the series. The price still is right for Atlanta. They should be able to win one of the next two games. So even though it's a little sticker shock, seeing it at the above 2-1 to one price at the FanDuel Sportsbook, it still makes sense to me
0: and the total for tomorrow night game number six in houston is at eight and a half the over has the juice at minus 120 as opposed to the under that is only minus 102 if you want to take the under of that game total of eight and a half you look at that game total of eight and a half right now Donnie. only two of the five games so far have gone over last night in game number five and then game number two in houston as well but the first two games in houston eight runs in game number one in the series opener and nine runs in game number two back in an American League ballpark where the designated hitter is back into the fold in a short hitters park there in Houston. Maybe that over has some value once again and if you look at what Max Fried has done here so far in his last two starts in the postseason, roughed up by the Dodgers in the second time he faced that LA lineup and then in the opener he had against the Houston Astros in game number two he also had a very very difficult start five innings pitched six earned runs on seven hits did have six strikeouts only allowing one walk but got roughed up by that Houston lineup so that's what Max Fried brings in Luis Garcia also got the start in game number three for the Houston Astros went three and two thirds only gave up one earned run on three hits had six strikeouts but it was the Braves pitching that night that was even more sensational as Atlanta won game number three by a final score of two to nothing, shutting out the Houston Astros. So that is the pitching matchup once again. And we have seen even a little bit of movement on that money line price early this morning on a Monday ahead of Tuesday's game number six. Houston, when I saw it earlier, minus 120, now they're in minus 124. The Braves plus 106 as the Moneyline underdogs for game number six where things stand right now so Donnie what I love about this point especially late into a postseason series and now here in the fall classic between the Braves and the Astros is you have so much value on that World Series price because what the FanDuel Sportsbook is indicating to all of you sports betters out there right now is that Houston is favored not a huge favorite but a favorite to win tomorrow night in game number six which would indicate game number seven would be on the horizon on Wednesday night. But Houston is the underdog in the series price at plus 200. So if you believe in the FanDuel Sportsbook and you believe in the Houston Astros to force a winner-take-all game number seven, then you can play the Astros in game number six at not a bad price on that money line right now. And also grab them in the series price because then pretty much you have a plus 200 money line ticket heading into game number seven, and the Astros will not be a plus 200 money line underdog for that game price alone for game number seven. So I think there is tons of value right now, Donnie, in how you can approach the rest of this World Series.
1: It's it's a fantastic point you bring up too, because if you like Houston to win the game tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night at minus 124 price, the plus 200 really sticks out. because, Because keep in mind, game seven, Again, no legitimate starting pitchers here where it's like, hey, Max is going to be on the mound for Atlanta. They have to be the favorite. Houston's going to be the favorite again in game seven. So if you are at a betting advantage and you bet, let's just say the money line tomorrow night, picked up the victory, and you also put a little bit of money on the two to one. Once you got into that game seven, you almost would like, Ben, for the Atlanta Braves to get up two to one by the third inning. And then you have that massive hedging opportunity that you could certainly take a look at, or even the opposite way, I should say. It with the Houston Astros up two to one. And then if the Braves come back, you probably have a two to one price on both of the- those same tickets here in that final game makes a lot of sense fun way to bet it out we'll see as it starts out tomorrow with games six and seven Tuesday and Wednesday maybe we'll see a game seven always the best words in sports right game game seven Ben
0: Mm. nothing better listen to Zaza Pachulia yell game seven in an old Atlanta Hawks clip on YouTube and you will be fired up even for game number six (laughs) heading into the potential of a thought for game number seven but yes Donnie that's the way to do it right because it plus 200 right now where the Astros stand they are not going to be an underdog even if they are able to force a game seven because if the Astros have that home field advantage right now in game six still down by one game in the series but bringing some of that momentum they brought back from game number five and they might be even longer to win game number seven at minus 136, something in that ballpark, although you never know with a winner-take-all game number seven scenario. And Donnie brings up a great point. It has been a storyline throughout this postseason for the Houston Astros and now here in the World Series because the Braves lost Charlie Morton in game number one there is not a stud ace pitcher out there who you are going to trust in a game seven to give you four five six innings not a Garrett Cole not a Max Scherzer nobody really available for that moment and Max Fried right now has struggled a little bit for the Atlanta Braves here in his last two postseason starts he's probably the best arm on that side you probably have Ian Anderson starting game number seven for the Atlanta Braves who do you have starting game number seven For the Houston Astros, are they going to go with a spot start? Maybe a Jose Urquidy, maybe a Jake Odorizzi? You're not entirely sure, but that's why the value, if you look at the World Series price on Houston at plus 200, is out there. Also, when you look at the World Series MVP, Donnie, the first couple of options you have, the first four, in fact, all still Atlanta Braves. It couples and correlates to that World Series price with the Braves being the favorite at minus 240. But Jorge Soler at plus 600 is the favorite right now. Austin Riley plus 650. Freddie Freeman, Donnie, is where I think the value is at plus 700. He has a good World Series going statistically. And if the Atlanta Braves are going to win it, it's a popularity contest First and foremost, it is a narrative award and Freddie Freeman might be one of the most likable guys, not just in this series, but in Major League Baseball overall. So plus 700 right now with the third shortest odds, Freddie Freeman would have my money if I was betting this market.
1: And it would have my money as well here as well. You also thought it would take down last night, right? You saw the tie game. Freddie Freeman hits the solo home run to give the Atlanta Braves a lead. So if they would have won the game, he probably would have had the MVP. But also keep in mind, the betting market that we're trying to look at here, it's all hitters now. A lot of the times, Ben, in the World Series, pitchers will show up there. You get two wins in a World Series, you're probably going to be the MVP. But the simple fact is no dominant pitchers. They're getting pulled within two, three, or four innings at this point. So now you're looking back to the hitters, but I agree with you. Freddie Freeman, 7-1. He hits a home run tonight, goes 2-4, for they win the game. He's going to be the MVP. They want to give him the MVP, and we want him to get the MVP if you hold down that 7-1 price.
0: Listen, we love Frederick. Frederick Freeman is one of the best, and a guy that everybody cheers for across Major League Baseball. We go back to the NFL on the other side of the break. The AFC right now, Donnie, is kind of a crapshoot, especially with the news out of Tennessee this morning. We try to make sense of it. Coming up
2: next.
0: right back here on the first day of a new month here now in November on the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM Channel 204 I am Ben Stevens alongside Donnie Wrightside for this first hour catching you up on week number 8 across the National Football League one final game on Monday night in Arrowhead Stadium between the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Giants tonight the Chiefs a 10 and a half point favorite the Chiefs the third shortest odds to win the AFC Conference Championship right now, Donnie, despite the struggles, because the AFC is kind of a lawless place right now. Every week, you have a team that seems like they are going to take hold, make a move up the board, and then something happens where you're trying to find the certainties right now. Maybe the only certainty is the Buffalo Bills, who are still the favorites to win the AFC at plus 230 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But even early on in yesterday's game in Buffalo, tested by the one win, Miami Dolphins so right now we're trying to make sense of the AFC it seemed like the Chargers in that AFC West alongside the Kansas City Chiefs were finding their footing in the AFC but a loss in a big way prior to a bye week fresh off the bye hosting the New England Patriots in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium as a four-point favorite and it doesn't matter the Pats go to the West Coast and they win outright winning 27 to 24 Over the L.A. Chargers yesterday, Justin Herbert figuring out what playing a Bill Belichick defense is like, throwing two interceptions yesterday. So, Donnie, the Pats pull off the upset in L.A., winning outright and covering as a four-point underdog as well. What was your makeup of that game yesterday between the Pats and the Chargers?
1: Yeah, the, the Patriots. Playoff team probably now, Ben, right? 4-4 four and four on Man. the season. You got the extra team in the playoffs now that we see from the 6-7. to seven. They might play a wild card. They're not going to beat the Buffalo Bills in the division. There's no question in my mind about that, but you do have some teams that you can beat along the way in that division, which you took a look at the Jets, which they've handled easily. The Miami Dolphins on a road to nowhere at this point. So when you take a look at the Chargers, a little bit disappointing from my end of it yesterday to lose this game. I thought this was one to win. The minute we got Austin Eckler as a green light to go, it looked like he was perfectly healthy for that game. You should have been able to take advantage, but you're so right. Bill Belichick on defense, even though he doesn't have the most talented team that he's had over the past, you know, 20 years in New England, he's still able to make quarterbacks very frustrated because you take a look at the young guys. Maybe you can't confuse like an old school Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady when they play, but Justin Herbert hasn't seen all the looks around the NFL just yet being in his second year of starting 18 of 35 two two touchdowns, but even worse, two interceptions there, a passer rating of 66.7. So the takeaway in this football game is the Chargers are a good football team, but now you're looking- Looking at the mm-hmm. Patriots, where maybe you are questioning a rookie, a quarterback. Can he lead them to the playoffs? Their team totaled the FanDuel Sportsbook Band before the season. Saturday, nine and a half, which means they had to get 10 wins. I don't know if they get 10 wins, but they'll get close. But also, if you get close to 10 wins, probably means you're looking at a playoff spot here. Impressive win by the Patriots here on the road after scoring 54 points the week before against the Jets
0: plus 2.30 to make the playoffs where the New England Patriots entering the weekend. We will see what those updated odds are when they are back up on the board on the FanDuel Sportsbook. You mentioned a 50-burger against the Jets last weekend, another total over for the Patriots yesterday. It closed somewhere around that ballpark of 50. It opened up at 47.5 and got steamed up, still going over whatever total you might have got yesterday between the Chargers and the Patriots, but four straight overs for the Pats who did not have an over in their first four games of the year. Four straight unders to begin, now four straight overs for the New England Patriots. Meanwhile, the Chargers play only their second over of the year. Five of the seven games still for the Chargers, despite how explosive that offense can be, have gone under this year for LA. The Chargers still the favorites to win the AFC West right now, but their odds getting longer, plus 160. The Chiefs there at plus 185 with a game against the Giants tonight on deck on a monday night i mentioned those jets the pats put up a 50 burger against new york last week well it was the jets performing pretty well yesterday in metlife stadium in a game we will forever know as the mike white football game mike white comes in to start this game after the injury to zach wilson last week and he performs in a huge way 37 of 45 405 yards through the air three touchdown passes did have two interceptions but three touchdown passes, and then caught a two-point conversion to seal the deal for the Jets, beating the Bengals 34-31. to The Mike White game, Donnie Wright's side. Something we'll tell our grandkids about, I'm sure. Exactly.
1: Mike White, lightning out there, 405 yards passing. It's amazing stuff, but also keep in mind, you were heading into this game, right? So Zach Wilson's down, number two overall pick. Ah, we're not going to be competitive in this game. We're going to start another young kid who hasn't started any National Football League games. All right, and also I'm going to tell you we're going to be down Corey Davis, probably the top wide receiver on the team from an already depleted offense. And you're going to go out there and drop 34 points here over the Bengals who came. This isn't the old school Bengals that came in. Two oh. and five. This is the Bengals that came in the five and two in this one as double-digit favorites. And, Ben, from, from 1982 on, the Bengals only been favored one time by more than double digits on the road. Yeah, that was yesterday. And they even had a double-digit lead over the Jets, and the Jets still came back. I don't know what it is out there at MetLife, but the fact is that the Jets have two wins. One came against Tennessee, and one came against yep. the Bengals is impressive. And for Robert Sala and his team to look absolutely defeated, 54 points they gave up on the road. Salah looked as down as you could be in the postgame press conference last week, then comes in and knocks off the Bengals. But I have to tell you, if you're Zach Wilson sitting at home on your couch going, now hold on here. Mike White just threw 45 times for 405 yards and beat the Bengals. Where does that leave me on this team? Wild times in New York for sure.
0: Quarterback controversy at the Meadowlands Uh between the Jets (laughs) right now. Maybe just saying I still think it's probably Zach Wilson's job when he gets back. But a Mike White dazzling performance nonetheless. And you mentioned it, Donnie, covering and winning outright as 10 and a half point underdogs. A shout out to for the people from our good friend Kevin Walsh, who said Uh. of all the double digit dogs on the slate yesterday, nobody was talking about the New York Jets. Ten-and-a-half-point dogs even brought his dog Lucky into the fold. It wasn't luck yesterday. Mike White was just darn good against the Cincinnati Bengals, who also, Donnie Levy, kind of scratching your head a little bit, right? Five-and-two, a 41-17 win over the Baltimore Ravens a Sunday ago, looking like they were not just a good team finding their way up the AFC North Divisional standings, but a legitimate contender in that division. And maybe the AFC overall, they go on the road and they lose to the new york jets but still the Bengals plus 380 right now to win excuse me plus 350 right now at the second best odds to win the afc north but the afc north also got a little bit of a shakeup yesterday donnie because in cleveland the pittsburgh steelers go on the road and they get a win over the cleveland browns an ugly game but the steelers prevail nonetheless winning 15 to 10 over cleveland yesterday the pittsburgh steelers were a three and a half point dog so another outright winner on that money line in the afc donnie specifically here within a division in the afc north kind of confusing the overall landscape as things stand in the afc
1: no, certainly so. And also the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, both Kevin and myself, do a segment on the early line. We call it the pick six. We have to pick a money line dog each and every week. Mine was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Amazing at a plus 160 price. And also, that was getting a bad number on Friday. The Steelers were fa- excuse me, getting four points by Sunday. They were getting five and a half, but they're still able to win. Another one of those games, man, because sometimes we sit back and we're live betters, which you can get a real advantage. When you saw the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to lose their kicker in a tough game where you know it's Probably going to come down to an extra point or a field goal. The yep. fact that they couldn't kick one, that is a miracle they won the football game. But also, credit Mike Tomlin. A dumb decision to go for the, you know, fake field goal with the kicker and he gets knocked out. But that is also a Mike Tomlin team that said, we're not blinking here. We are in Cleveland. We always win in Cleveland. We always beat the Browns. And we are going to win this game again. 15-10 to 10, saving the season. 4-3 and three now, but also bigger the Cleveland Browns, what the look of this? Yeah. We're banged up on the offensive line. Baker Mayfield's probably not going to get healthy. The wide receivers in the biggest moments not making plays. Boy, that's a tough one. But hey, credit the Steelers going on the road and picking up with the victory in some tough circumstances.
0: And that total stays under of a small number as it was, yeah. closing around 42 and a half. But anytime you have a 15-10 game, of course, we are staying under. The Pittsburgh Steelers now have the second highest under percentage. In the NFL, 83.3% of the Steelers game so far this season hitting the under. Only the Seattle Seahawks have a higher under percentage at 85% than do the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. But the Steelers have won three straight. They have covered in two of their last three games, and now the AFC North divisional odds right now look a little bit different than they did entering the day. The Baltimore Ravens still the favorites. They had a bye this week at minus 140. You have the Cincinnati Bengals at plus 350, the second shortest odds, moving past the Cleveland Browns, who are plus 480 with the third shortest odds, the longest odds to win this division, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but at plus 650. It is the only division right now, Donnie, In all of the NFL, where all four teams have three digits in their plus money price, or at least three digits in their price to win this division. Of course, the Baltimore Ravens, the odds on favorites to win the AFC North currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So it's the AFC North that's confusing. The AFC West is a little bit confusing. The AFC East is a stronghold of the Buffalo Bills. And the AFC South, although the Titans are minus 5,000 right now, If Derrick Henry cannot go the rest of the way for this Tennessee team, what exactly does that offense look like in the Music City for the Titans? So as we examine the AFC Conference Championship Board right now, Donnie, on the FanDuel Sportsbook, it is the Bills. Who are the favorites at plus 230, the shortest odds and the shortest odds right now to win the Super Bowl as well in the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 500? Then you have the Baltimore Ravens, the second shortest odds in the AFC, plus 460. The Kansas City Chiefs, the third at plus 650. They play tonight on Monday against the New York Giants. Then the Tennessee Titans at plus 700. Like I mentioned, Donnie, very, very strong odds to win the AFC South at minus 5,000 right now, but really outside of the Bills, the next. Five, six teams in the AFC all kind of a crapshoot at the moment.
1: No, certainly is, and the Buffalo Bills, who I had as my Super Bowl selection here to start the season, so them at two thirty is a pretty good price. Now we do the morning line here, both myself and Kevin Walsh. They're plus two thirty now. Kevin thinks it should be plus twenty three hundred in this, giving Buffalo no chance. But to me, they're far and away the best team when they get it right. <laughs> love the offensive coordinator. Love the defensive coordinator. Love the quarterback out here. The Boston, Ra- excuse me, the Baltimore Ravens are interesting. The Kansas City Chiefs were always waiting, but also. The Tennessee Titans at 7-1 to now. That's got to take a big shot here, Ben, for us moving down yeah. the stretch. No longer that team that you wanted to jump on and say, hey, they're getting it together. Maybe they're just falling apart now at this point. What a shame.
0: And you have those teams then after the Tennessee Titans that flow into the quadruple digits with the Chargers 10-1. to They were plus 900 entering Sunday, then losing at home against the New England Patriots and the Browns. Donnie, you brought this up in the AFC North discussion. 14-1 to right now to win the AFC. It was only a couple of weeks ago before the litany of injuries that hit Cleveland. They had the fourth shortest odds to win the AFC Conference Championship, really going back and forth with the Baltimore Ravens, not only in that division, but how they ranked in the AFC Conference Championship odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And that was always my thought. Entering Thursday night football last week against the Broncos for the Browns, they were still minus 250 to make the AFC postseason. It felt a little bit strong for me because these weren't just injuries on a one-week basis. Cleveland could use a buy and get healthy. These were things that were going to affect them the rest of the way, namely Baker Mayfield with that left shoulder that is so messed up. He has to harness it in to his shoulder pads and keep it as tight to the chest as he can. So the Cleveland Browns now at plus 1,400 to win the AFC Conference Championship, the sixth shortest odds as things stand on FanDuel, an indication of where Cleveland is in the marketplace right now. But Donnie, I mentioned those Kansas City Chiefs, plus 650 to win the AFC right now, despite being under 500 this year and having the second shortest odds to win the AFC West. Kansas City in action at home tonight on a Monday night, a double digit favorite over the New York Giants. So how does the public feel about Kansas City entering tonight? How might they feel after Monday night football? We find out in Fade the Public coming
2: up next here on the Grid.
0: one final game to discuss here from week number eight in the nfl to round out this opening hour on the opening day of a new month here on the morning after you're listening on sirius xm channel 204 all across the sports grid network for the entirety of this first hour that became the early after alongside donnie Wrightside. i am ben stevens let's hear from the public right now donnie ahead of monday night football it's time to fade the public So here was the question ahead of Monday night football tonight in Kansas City. The Chiefs, a 10.5-point favorite against the New York Giants. The Chiefs are just 3-4 and four straight up, 2-5 and five against the spread. So, of course, let's make them a double-digit favorite for Monday night against the Gigantes. So here was the question. If the Chiefs are able to cover tonight, which means a pretty decisive victory over the Giants... Will you believe that Kansas City is a true Super Bowl contender? The three options for the public to choose from at SportsGrid TV in this Twitter poll that is still currently ongoing was I already do believe that KC is a Super Bowl contender. Yes, it would make me believe. And no, I still won't have faith in the Chiefs. And right now, Donnie, the overwhelming majority going with the no, nearly 59% of the public right now saying that even if the Chiefs cover a 10 and a half point spread against the Giants tonight. They're not going to believe KC is a true Super Bowl contender. So what say you, Johnny, on the right side? I will not
1: fade the public. The public are smart people here. 60% mm. of the people out here, Ben, are correct. And if you're a handicapper here and you're hitting 60% of your plays, you are a genius. Ooh. This week, Ben, the public is a genius here. I am not buying into Kansas City, even though with every fiber of my body, I want to say Boy, this is the Chiefs team that's going to snap back. The same team that won the Super Bowl. They can get it together. Haven't shown up yet this year, but the public to me is smart.
0: Donnie, I'm a big, big Chiefs fan. I don't know if you know that about me growing up in L.A. No, there was no, no NFL team. I fell it. in love with Priest Holmes at a very early age. So I've been a Chiefs ah. fan. I am part of the already do believe in Kansas City to make a Super Bowl run. But the public still has confidence if you're a ten-and-a-half-point favorite despite being three and four. Donnie Wrightside, the host of The Early Line, each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. Catch him tomorrow here on The Grid. More the morning after up next.